0: Welcome back to Riot Underground. You've found the place where instigators are changing the world with disruptive technology. I'm Sarah Glova. In today's podcast, we have one more chance to hear from Jamel Eugene, co-founder and CEO of Grippers. In our last episode with Jamel, you heard his startup story, how he came up with his idea for Grippers' flagship product, and his early journey into entrepreneurship. In this episode, we dive more into Jamel's life as an entrepreneur, the ups and downs of his day-to-day, and we learn more about Jamel's entrepreneurial mindset and habits. Let's dive in. I have some questions about starting a business, what that experience was like. Uh, did you always know you were gonna start a business? Did you feel like, did you identify as an entrepreneur when you were younger?
1: I didn't, my mom was an entrepreneur. Um,
0: so you came from an entrepreneur I, family?
1: Yeah, my, and I found out today, ironically, that my grandfather and my father's father was an entrepreneur, actually pretty successful kind of in his area. And so it's, it's in my blood, yeah. you know, I think there are certain things that being an entrepreneur encompasses that mm-hmm. I felt like I need, I wanted in my life. And then be able to find something that you, you're actually passionate about within that, you know, a certain area that you can create and that people can see. I mean, I think the biggest thing is when we see people with our product on like um we had a guy for the Kansas City Chiefs. He played in the AFC Championship game with our product and I mean it was like the Super Bowl for us. It didn't matter that they didn't win. We were actually we were rooting for them and we were hurt that Tom Brady got us this, again this year, but I was a Chiefs fan for a day. Yeah. It was it was just amazing just to see people with the product and loving it and, and wearing it. And it's like, you know, you doing the work, sometimes you kind of forget what the end goal is, you know? Yeah. And and to sometimes sit back and just see and and admire your work. Being appreciated is
0: especially it's seeing a real customer using it on that kind of a platform like the AFC Championship. That's
1: yeah, it was great. It was definitely a a winning moment for us.
0: You know, I I feel really lucky that I've had a chance to know you these last couple years, and I have to say, every time I see you, you seem just as excited about the work you're doing than the day I met you.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, we love what we do. I mean, it's it's exciting time for us, especially now that we like officially are launching and. And things are moving ahead. yeah
0: so what do you mean by that what's uh, what's going on
1: so we've had and those who don't know we've gone through pretty much the ringer when it comes to uh, getting started we had a product that we thought would be able to manufacture we had a process in place and then when we took it from designs from basically our design studio to the manufacturer it was just a slew of difficulties this is one of those areas where being a small business doesn't help but when it comes to manufacturing, it's brutal especially in the the textiles world so you know you may have a manufacturer who's willing to work with you but then at some point you're gonna have to pay them some real money yeah and if you don't they have these customers who are paying them real money that's going to just put your stuff down so we had manufacturer one guy we thought he they were our manufacturer and that was like for a two-month period of time and they still had other projects they were working on but that's their off season and so they were taking us on as a side project and then as soon as season hit conversations get slowed way down yeah. and so you think you can get you know if we could knock it out for six seven weeks eight weeks a month straight we'll have it done but then when there's this two week then there's a gap and then there's like a week and then there's like a three month gap like right. you're not getting things done and so you try and source other other manufacturers and you try and go offshore come back onshore and it's just a ton of different things that that come into play that you can't foresee that aren't
0: really in a textbook either. I mean, yeah. that, that's just not even at a one. I know that you we've talked about that you went to state and state is really known for engineering, obviously, but also for textile. I mean, there's yep. a lot in at NC State if you're interested in textiles. So it seems like the perfect place to yep. learn this kind of information. But that's not the kind of thing you're going to learn in a classroom.
1: No, no, definitely not. But NC State has been a big help. We do do a lot of our design work and our early prototyping at, at NC State. So um I think that. If they're not the best, they will, should be the best. <laughs> but <laughs> no, NC State has been big, big force as well. Uh, a lot of validation and testing and, and product development has gone through NC State. And there's just certain things that just aren't in textbook, textbooks that you can't really right. ask uh, a teacher about or someone who, unless you've really gone through it and you know exactly. And even then, you know, if you're creating something completely novel, how, do, how can they tell you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, what what things to expect or certain things that yeah right. maybe the lead times might be different um, but even establishing relationships offshore, mm-hmm. you know, how do you do that? And then you find some, you know, some third party, some liaison that can help you with that. But then what's the bottom line? Because there's always going to be somebody cutting yeah, in the middle. Some kind and of cost, yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot that you just don't get into. It's like you got to go through this it. experience, right? So to be able to get through to the other side and finally see these things starting to come to fruition, is just been amazing. And I'm more proud of my team than I am anything.
0: I bet. That's amazing. Yeah. I've I've read a couple times that we learn more from our mistakes than we yep. do more from our failures than we do our our wins. So just thinking through to some of those early challenges with manufacturers and things like that. I mean, it seems like you must have learned a ton. I mean, are you going to write a book about all this one day?
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have. I've had a book um, in the back of my mind. No, I'm not going to write a book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe somebody <laughs> to do
1: autobiography or something, but. Um, I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> but no, there's so much that you could. Yeah, if I, if somebody actually sat down and just like went through it with me, like what mistakes did you make early on? What would you avoid? I would probably have at least a few chapters I could write on that.
0: Did you ever think about quitting?
1: I don't know. I think I was probably too stubborn or I am too stubborn to, to quit. I think when you see the promise, right? But there was just like a sea, an ocean in between you and there. The fact that you can still see it It's hard to just turn it back and and walk the other way, you know, so to be able to see that and knowing that there's a way to get there, I just have Mm -hmm. to decide if I'm going to fly, get on a boat or make a bridge. And that was just we tried all of them.
0: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I love that. But so what I love is having
1: to swim, by the way,
0: you're uh, (laughs) you're making it very clear that you were passionate about it. And I love that you felt like you were too stubborn to quit, but you're not making it sound easy. We, we oh, talk to entrepreneurs sometimes that seem like they feel like when they hit that wall, they have this sense of, if I was meant to do this, it would be easier. If I was supposed to be doing this, I would be better at it already. You're not saying that. You're not saying that it's going to be easy. You're admitting that sometimes you think you're going to be able to fly somewhere and it ends up you have to swim.
1: Yeah, I, I don't really know of many stories of athletes who create something from the ground up. I mean, now, there are certain industries you can go in where there's a template that you can follow, and that may ease the process with somebody created that template. Right. There's somebody who went through those struggles so that you don't have to. For us, for me, it wasn't easy. And I don't think it's going to be as sweet. It wouldn't be as sweet um, if it was easy. Mm. And so you got to appreciate the hard times and just find a way to overcome. Because when you do and you're able to share those moments with the people who are closest to you, it makes the most sense.
0: Mm. I like that. And it it reminds me of something I learned from a mentor a long time ago, which is to be careful what you said is your objective. If your objective is to sell X number, to be X popular, to achieve X thing, you're setting up a potential to be measured by something you can't control. Mm. If your objective is to try and do the best you can, to work as hard as you absolutely can on a very specific goal, to be a good person as you work with these people, you know, things that are within your control, then you're not using those exterior. I like that assumptions you're not using those exterior markers you're using something that you can control and something that you can be dedicated to
1: right yeah i I like that but it
0: also does i mean i want to be careful because i don't think you've kept your head down and moved forward no matter what without ever changing directions you have had to pivot and change so it's not saying like put your head down and no matter what believe that what you think is right Yeah. yeah How important is it to have good partners? How important oh, has that been for you?
1: That was one thing that if I if you didn't bring it up, I was going to bring it up. Partners are one thing that we found are critically vital to success. Mm-hmm. Um, in this day and age, especially the way businesses and software and tools are, Like everything's to make your whole life as a business more efficient, right? You can work from your house. You can have conference calls from your living room, video calls from your living room. Just the way that we're built and we're building business, uh, you don't have to have these Big data storage, computers, and et cetera. So we're able to operate far more efficiently than we used to be. And so, having partners that help you continue to do that, so you can outsource certain portions of your business, mm-hmm. I would encourage almost anybody that's thinking of starting a business to be as lean as possible. Some companies are, you know, personnel heavy, and and that's something that they have to deal with. And that's something, and maybe they're more on the software side, and you have that's where you invest your money. That's your asset. But if you can avoid it, utilize resources in particular, great partners mm-hmm. can take you a long way. And that's something that we, in going through our struggles, realized we had to make that pivot um, mm-hmm. and kind of bring on some people to help us. And it's more so because we have a core team that we believe a lot in. And if we can have people support them in their efforts, that maximizes their potential by 10x. Yep.
0: So if you had to choose between one investor coming along with a big check or the promise of you know 10 really good partner organizations?
1: I'm going to probably take 10 partner organizations. Yeah. Yeah. More than likely. I think, even with the investor analogy, what besides money is that investor bringing to? Mm-hmm. Like it's not just about the money, it's smart money. It's not just
0: about the money, it's smart money.
1: Yeah. It's always something that you have to get. There's money everywhere. And it, not that we all can attain it and that we're all going to get it and et cetera. But you have to be far more strategic in who you bring into your organization than in um, and, and, and your thinking. You got to think beyond just this immediate moment. If you're a company that's going to have a lot of people that's working in your organization in space is a value to you bringing on and a real estate investor might behoove you because now you might be able to have access to spaces that others won't or at a price that people can't get. Mm -hmm. And so being real smart and strategic and picking your investors is something I would say is key or any other partner that you have. How can they help you or be a value whether Mm -hmm. it's now or down the line or you playing checkers or chess either way you still have to think a move ahead at least just being real strategic in what you do.
0: So we have a lot of things that pull our attention in Different directions. How how do you balance that? How do you manage that?
1: Organization. That's the obvious answer, But I say that by meaning like you have to really have you got to have a conversation with yourself. And you may seem crazy, and I definitely did. I knew I was crazy when I was looking in the mirror talking to myself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So when you say have a conversation with yourself, (laughs) you're
1: like, (laughs) no, but whether it's out loud or whatever, but you really have to like dive deep into what it is that you need and. For your own sanity. And I encourage everybody to do this. Like really break up. And I think I gave. I was on a panel. Probably about four months ago. When I actually said this. Like you have to separate the day. Or divide the days. And the projects. And assign those projects. To those days. So for instance. We're a small company. We're about five people deep. And there's a lot more. Portions to the business. Than just like. Five small subsections right. So I'll focus on general administrative things on a Monday. And then I'll do all of my uh, financial things on Tuesday and anything with production on Wednesday and anything with legal and IP on Thursday. And then on Friday, I'll pick up the scraps from anything that was left behind during that time. You have to break portions of your business up so that you don't go crazy and that you know you're touching because me, I have to, touch. I hate notifications. Like right now, i just saw a notification pop up that i have an email like it drives me crazy i gotta clear it because i don't want like
0: <laughs> you don't like the red bubble
1: i don't like the bubbles yeah. no i don't like anything that shows and that by the end of the night typically it's over i had to get over that too because uh-huh. we had a, actually in our um our cohort we were talking about emails that's right um and like i got worse from that time like i was great then but there's so many that come in but i'm I've like begin to understand and accept like if there's a certain number, I'm okay with it. Right. Yeah. And then I don't let the emails control me anymore either. Mm-hmm. So I'll put it to a certain period of time. Like it might be after lunch, it might be towards the end of the day, it might be in the beginning of the day, but I try and keep it to one, maybe two portions, two two sections in the day. And then I just let it go.
0: This is one of my favorite things that I think some successful people do really well, which is not having email up all day. Not checking it 20 times a day, but saying, OK, in these two or even three blocks during the day, I'm going to check email and then I'm going to sign back out of it and be out of it and get on my other work.
1: Oh, yeah, that yeah. that and my phone. So my phone stays on silent. It drives people bonkers because I will talk to you, hang up, put it in my pocket. You'll call me right back and I won't see it. Till I look at my phone. My phone is under my control not the other way around
0: your phone doesn't tell you what to do
1: exactly so you
0: use your phone when you need it
1: only when i need it and this if it's something where like i'm out of town or i need to kind of be in touch i'll put it on vibrate so i can Mm -hmm. feel it every now and then but for the most part it stays on silent and the only thing that goes off is an alarm for me to do something and i'm startled pretty much every time
0: what do you feel like that does for your brain the fact that you you choose when to look at email you choose when to look at phone stuff versus the other way around
1: it puts things in perspective for me. It allows me to like really feel like I dominate that portion of my life. Mm-hmm. And all you need is a few wins to be able to get a little more confidence in the day. So if you're having a bummy day or even if you're having a great day, just to understand that like there's something I'm, do- I'm dominating my phone and communication right now. So that's always a win that yeah. I can always put in my back pocket and pull out when I need it.
0: I love it. I like how you, I like how you phrase things in terms of like a win. Like you're dominating that. <laughs> one. That's so good. I'm gonna try to remember that next time I'm feeling a little bit lazy about oh, I could control my email. I'm gonna dominate a win with this email. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, um, it sounds like you get a lot done. How early do you start your day?
1: Oh, 4:26 every morning.
0: What's uh, what's going on there? <laughs> every morning, like Saturday morning. Like every morning. Well,
1: okay, let's let's take that back. I, I've backed off Saturdays and Sundays. I've given myself that break, but I will typically, my daughter doesn't sleep past seven. So when I get up, if it's Saturday, I'm sleeping, sleeping in at seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes it's 6.30, sometimes it's six. Yeah. Whatever the case may be, but that's sleeping in and then I'm good to go. But yeah, 4.26. And that allows me to like the first like 15 minutes, I'm mush in the brain you know but i get that out of the way and i yeah. force myself to do something i don't want to do and i go to the gym and i work out and i don't want to work out and then by the time i'm done with the workout I, I have this feeling of accomplishment like yeah you know and i can always yeah. reflect and I, I, I may have a call with some family member i have a ton of family so i have my mom has seven six brothers and sisters and my dad has seven brothers and sisters everybody has at least two kids so i always have a family member or a friend i can call on and i usually like did you work out? Yeah, I worked out. <laughs> you know, like little bragging points in the beginning of that day. Yeah, But yeah, I get up that early because I like working out. That's that's one of our pillars, you know, um, health. And so working out and being healthy is something that we, we've we instilled and we believe in and I believe in, you know, I'm pescatarian changes how I eat. I used to and could still eat almost anything that I wanted to, but just having that discipline, it helps. And so that working out is a portion of my life where I've I've always worked out and I know what I'm doing but I just you know, just one you know how it is. You don't want to go to the gym. It
0: makes me feel so good to hear you say that because, you know, ever since I've known you, you've always been in really good shape. You look like you could still play football. I could. You, <laughs> you seem like the kind of person that would like bounce out of bed in the morning with a smile on your face and hit the gym like you're riding on a rainbow, but it's no. still hard for you.
1: Oh, it's terrible. Oh, it's like that, so nice to yeah, hear. I'm I, really
0: sorry that I'm reveling <laughs> in your pain. But. No,
1: it's okay. It's, it's We're trying to help the, the uh, people on the other end of this. So like I, I just... I don't like getting up early in the morning and I don't like working out. But I do them both and I get them both out of the way early in the morning. And that, that also allows me more time in my day too. So if you get up that early, by the time my mind actually can function, like I literally there's only one thing I can do at that that early in the morning. So yeah. if I'm brushing my teeth, I can't do anything else. Like don't, you know, no conversation, any <laughs> of that. Like I, I don't listen to the radio on my way to the gym. I can't focus on listening <laughs> to the radio. I can only drive. You know, so it's like I'm, I'm mush i go in there most of the time i i work up like the mental capacity to be able to say hi to people yeah i walking right, in right. so i'm not that douche and <laughs> and then I, I get my workout and i know they probably do think that, like he said hi but now he's just like in his own zone like yeah. it's not that in my zone like i really can't i'm
0: your brain's just not I'm on just, yet yeah it's not on yet yeah. and
1: then i'll i do work up the strength and the ability to be able to sign hey Okay, am I going to listen to a podcast? Am I going to listen to a sermon? Am I going to, like, uh-huh. I, I can find what I want. And then after that, it's just get it out the way. And then before long, my mind's ready. And then I'm done. And I'm like, oh, yes, I don't have to worry about this.
0: Yeah, it's done. So. It's that southern phrase. I say it all the time. Um, Eat your frog. Have you heard that one?
1: Ooh, I, I think I've only heard that from you. And oh, really? And you've heard it before
0: because that's how often I talk about it. It's <laughs> not, I didn't make it up. So there's a book by Brian Tracy about it. Some people say Mark Twain invented the quote, but it's this idea that I've always heard in the South. Our, a family friend's dad used to say it to us all the time. Each frog, if we were sitting at the table, supposed to be working on our homework. He'd come in and be like, y'all eat your frog already. (laughs) And It was this idea that like if every day you had to eat a frog, it would be the worst thing. So do it first because then you're not spending all day dreading the fact that you have to eat this frog. It's done. You're done. Eat your frog. Yeah. And so for you, that's getting that workout done early. Then your brain turns on. Then you're ready to go. Ready to roll. 426. Yep. 426.
1: That's that's how long, I mean, between my workout and getting there and getting back. And that's just, that's the time I have to afford
0: well, you certainly sound busy enough to need to start your day at that point. I think you exemplify a lot of things that all of us can admire. Getting up at 426 is one of them. Um, balancing yeah. this entrepreneurial journey and family.
1: Yeah, that's actually a good point. But now that I think about it, Tom had said something about it when I, I told him about that time. And he was like, why the 26, though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so um, I've, like, always been... With the exception of today, I had some parking issues, but I've always been punctual for the most part. Like even now, it's just in me. Like some, my auntie will say, "Hey, what um, what time did you did you send that off?" And I'll be like, "Oh, it was like 4:37," and she's like, "Why don't you just say 4:40 440 and 4:45, like round it up?" I'm like because it was 4:37, like <laughs> you know. And I'm always, for the most part, conscious of the time, and so I started adapting to what society deems as right and proper uh-huh. and so i found myself probably for like a year and a half having this battle where i want to say the exact time but i just got to think of a little second longer to round it up or round it down because if i, I
0: ask ha- you like hey what time did you go to bed last night and you're like eight seventeen,
1: it would have been i, I think i would have well, told you ten eleven, but yeah
0: yeah so if i say <laughs> what time did you go to bed last night and you're like ten eleven, that does that sounds like you sound a little robotic so <laughs> but I you have to you have to consciously tell yourself to say like around 10
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have to go in the reverse. So to my point was that I I had started doing that. So it seemed, you know, right. It's fitting what what society expected. And then I read, I don't know if it was a book or an article, and somebody said how they set the time for their meetings at odd minutes. And they do that because people will think like if we have a meeting at, you know, 16, we we operate in military time with grippers, but somebody says we have a meeting at 1630 one then you're going to be more prone to remember it's 1631 or 431 for those who don't want to do that math in their head (laughs) so i was like whoa so i don't it gave me kind of some kind of acceptance like you can be you yeah and so i just from that point i just said forget it like i just i do it all the time i look at the time i
0: can't wait to have some excuse (laughs) to ask you about the time of something you can tell me precisely what minute it was that's so great I believe that you're not a robot because I've been around you enough to know that you're not a robot, but you certainly have just amazing discipline and an ability, I think, to see past challenges, not skip them, still go through them, but see past them in order to see that goal line at the end of the 100 yards or whatever. Right. I'm football metaphor here to close us out, but um, it's wonderful to get to know you, and I'm, I'm glad that we're going to be able to share your story with more people through this podcast because it's, it's an inspiring one.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh it was a pleasure. Definitely um love what Riot's doing and always available to help if if possible. Um if you guys ever want to meet super early in the morning, just give me a shout. Four twenty six <laughs> or in the gym, right? That's right. Uh, not not that early in the morning. I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be talking. <laughs> but no, I, I love it. I love what Riot's doing. I think um even this extension kind of um really bring the IoT space um to the eyes and ears of, of many. Um, that didn't know about it before or wanted to know more and just haven't had a resource to be able to get it. I think it's amazing.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Well, we we appreciate having you. Well, I bet bring you back another time.
1: Yeah, hop me down. Just let me know. Thanks. All right.
0: So after these great episodes with Jamal, you might be wondering what could possibly be next on Riot Underground. Well, we've got some bonus content coming up. We like to take Ride Underground with us when we travel or when we have big events. So you might have a chance to hear from that soon. Also, we have some great episodes planned. So for example, Paul Peterson will be joining us in the studio. He's a senior field applications engineer for aeroelectronics. And he's got over 30 years experience in the semiconductor industry. So I plan on asking him about everything from the early days of Intel and Xerox to the innovations that Paul's seeing every day. Don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribed to Ride Underground. Hey, y'all, Caroline Griffin here, dropping in to say thanks for listening. And if you have any questions for Riot, send me a note. You can reach me at caroline at ncriot.org. This Riot Underground podcast is created and produced by Riot Studios with music by Scott Jackson. Riot is a nonprofit focused on economic development through the Internet of Things, or IoT. We produce events, conferences, and educational courses around the world, and we run an early stage startup accelerator out of Riot Labs in Raleigh, North Carolina. Our nonprofit also operates a wireless test and certification facility under the Wireless Research Center brand. Learn how to engage by visiting us at ncriot.org.